set your alarm for Saturday mornings on KYMN for the Raider Wrap. Join me, Jimmy LaRue, at 10 o'clock each Saturday as I talk with area coaches and gather insight to the ins and outs of high school sports and activities. A.J. Reister will bring you up to date with all the scores and highlights of the week, along with one-on-one interviews in our segment of Meet the Raider. It's all right here Saturday morning starting at 10 a.m. on KYMN 95.1, The One. Locally owned, independently programmed, 95.1, The One. Joining us now in our studios is uh, Northfield Schools Superintendent, uh, Dr. Matt Hillman. Matt, good morning. Thank you so much for coming in today. Yeah, good morning. Great to see you today. Yeah, it's, uh, you've had a uh, busy couple of weeks and a busy school board meeting last night. So we have quite a bit to talk to, but I guess we can start off by, you know, we've heard COVID amounts uh, or the uh, testing and everything's going pretty well. The vaccination rollout seems to be going pretty well, but there is kind of a little bit of a spike in uh, in the cases. How have things been going in, uh, within the Northfield School District? Well, I think it's important for our community to remember that schools are a microcosm of the community that they serve. You know, we are We are owned by the community. So what we often, what we see in the community, we often see reflected in our schools. So we have seen more cases uh, amongst our student population over the last month, just like Rice County, right? And just like the rest of Minnesota. So the key thing is that we are tracking, uh, Jeff, uh, every day, something that's called the influenza illness rate, uh, the influenza-like illness rate. And the Department of Health is not getting concerned unless you hit about 5% on average over the period of a week. We've, we, we have not come close to 3% in only one school. One day we got close to 3%, but in many cases our, our daily average over a period of week is 2% or less. We're now publishing that weekly average number on our uh, school district dashboard. So while we've seen an increase in the number of cases, when we look at the overall school population, the effect of influenza or COVID-like illness symptoms um, are fairly low compared to what the department what concerns the department of health so again we're like anybody else uh you know when we are looking at how the school performs against the greater community we're part of the community so a lot of times if you see community rates go up you're going to see school rates go up in talking with rice county public health i get a detailed report from them every friday about not just the cases in the last week but where were they what zip code did they come from how many of them came from a congregate living setting how many of them were in the prison how many of them were at colleges and what I can say is that um, while we're seeing some great traction with the vaccine, I've got some, some good news to share with our families this morning about vaccination, um, but while we're seeing traction with vaccine, we are also seeing that people are tending to let their guard down a little bit. And what we're seeing, the increase in cases is really a result of community spread. So we are so close to finishing this thing, right? If we listen to the Department of Health and people, we, we, are, we, can, see, we can see, hopefully, the end of the pandemic but we still have some work to do. So I just encourage our community to continue to follow the recommendations that the Minnesota Department of Health has, you know, especially in things that where we let our guard down are things like more familiar gatherings, you know, people who we know well, um, you know, and, and those kinds of situations that we just want, we just want to feel normal again, right? Everybody wants to feel normal again, but we've got a ways to go yet. We're getting there. We've got some really great tools to help us uh, but just I encourage people to continue to make sure that you're masking up in public, make sure that you are following those social distancing practices that are appropriate for the situation that you're in, and you know wash your hands. Uh, those are the things that we know still are very helpful. 
get tested. If you're if you're not feeling well, get tested. We are the state of Minnesota last week announced that we can expand our staff testing program to students. So we are uh, operationalizing that. Hopefully, yet this week it may take us a little bit. There's some uh, obviously some permission from parents who want their child tested. No child would have to be tested, but it's just a service that we would offer uh, for people who would want that. And so that's an exciting piece. So if you're not feeling great, make sure you get tested. And uh, those are the things that we can do to keep ourselves safe. But the vaccines, Jeff, are, are a real impressive thing that we're going to have going here in the next week or yeah, so. Yeah, l- let's talk about that. Uh, the vaccinations are now open to those 16 and older. Uh, and will they be doing that through the school district? Or yeah, so how, is that, how is that going to work? So want to first of all, and just say, you know, we absolutely understand that um, vaccination is a personal choice, that everybody gets to decide whether they want to be vaccinated or not, and I have respect for that decision regardless. But I think as the school district, it's our responsibility to try to help connect our stakeholders with vaccination opportunities. So we've been working and sending our families a, a number of options over the last few weeks, including things like the State of Minnesota Vaccine Connector. Uh, there's a website we've been sharing with people called Vaccine Spotter that does a lot of work bringing back appointments, showing you where appointments are at Minnesota pharmacies. Uh, but this week we've got some exciting news that uh, Northfield Hospital and Clinics uh, contacted me yesterday. We'll, we'll be sending this out to parents yet this morning saying that they are now opening their clinics, their vaccination clinics, to students 16 and 17 as well. And so that uh, they run a clinic every Tuesday and Friday. And it's a very simple to sign up. Uh, we'll all get, make sure you have the number that parents can call and uh, register themselves and their child to get a vaccine right here in Northfield at Northfield Hospital and Clinics. So that's very exciting. And then this Thursday, uh, we'll also be, we will be hosting on behalf of Rice County Public Health a community vaccination clinic at the Northfield Community Education Center. That's the building that's next to the new Greenville Park Elementary. It's going to run from 4 to 7 p.m. There is a registration link that I'll make sure that you have that you can put on your uh, website. And this one is the Moderna vaccine, so that is only eligible for people 18 and older. But what we really encourage you that if, if uh, you know going someplace else has been an issue for you, you've got the Rice County Public Health Clinic uh, this Thursday, 4 to 7 at Northfield Community Ed Center. We know Northfield Hospital and Clinics now is going to be opening for 16 and 17-year-olds where you can make your vaccination appointment. You're not on the waiting list anymore for that. And then I just encourage you, we, we have, uh, have had a long time a partnership with Cub Pharmacy where they have done uh, influenza uh, shots for our staff. And you can also call the Cub line because Cub also has access to Pfizer. So people who are 16 and 17 years old can also get vaccinated through Cub. And we know there's also a number of other uh, resources in town at pharmacies and whatnot that you need to check the availability through their corporate websites typically. And uh, we'll have all of those things posted on our website and we'll make sure you have them, Jeff. But again, we know that vaccination is one of the, the, it is the best tool that we have to beat the virus. And the important thing for a lot of people to understand, especially... Um, as we go into this season where we've got some celebrations coming, remember that once you're 14 days past your final dose of the vaccine, you're no longer uh, asked to quarantine if you come into close contact with someone who's had COVID-19. So quarantine's a big deal for people. If you're a close contact, people, nobody wants to have to quarantine, but it's a tool that we have to be able to prevent the spread of the virus. But as we get into the summer and we we have the normal celebrations that people would like to be able to have, if a person's vaccinated, they've got the final dose, 14 days after that final dose, you no longer have to quarantine. So for those people who that's a concern, this is a great way to alleviate that concern. 
Once again, school superintendent uh, Matt Hillman is with us. Uh, let's talk about the mascot. Yeah. Last night at the school board meeting, we've talked. <clears throat> pardon me, we've talked about this. It's been ongoing for about a year or so. Did we approve a new mascot last night? Uh, where are you at with that? No, we did not approve a new mascot okay. last night. So I want to rewind a little bit, Jeff. Sure. So you may remember in March of uh, 2020, just before the pandemic hit. Uh, we had a representative from the Northfield High School Student Council come to the board and, and ask that it was they felt it was time uh, to have the, the Northfield High School Raider mascot refreshed. It was 50-plus years. And so then the pandemic hit, right? Mm-hmm. And so we had to put it on the shelf for a while. Uh, but in the fall, the board did come back to the issue, and they did um, direct the high school administration to create a process that would bring them some options to refresh the mascot this spring. So uh, high school principal Joel Lear, activities director Joel Olson uh, created a committee. The committee included current students. It, cur- uh, it included uh, alumni, both recent and, we'll just say, longtime alumni. Mm-hmm. It included uh, staff members and coaches and members of the community who don't have kids in school at this point. It's about a dozen, 12, 14-member committee and probably about a dozen people. And so what they did is they, we had, if you remember, back in December, we opened up to the community asking people to make submissions of what do they think a refreshed Northfield Raider mascot should look like. The board gave some parameters. They said while it wasn't exclusively limited to this, they wanted to make sure that we were honoring the history of the community, especially honoring the history of those who defended against the James Younger gang and the famous bank raid. They wanted to make sure it didn't include weapons. They wanted it to be gender and race neutral so it could represent all of the folks in our community. So we had those 21 submissions. The committee that I mentioned, they took uh, those those designs. They looked at them. They worked with a local communications firm, Nuger, just down the street from mm-hmm. here, to say, we like this one, but we'd like to see something different here, or we like the, the elements of this one and the elements of this one. Can you show us something that would look uh, you know, take the best uh, features of both of those examples and, and create something new from those two. And so Nuger worked with the committee based on those submissions. They came up with three different options. Uh, high school principal Joel Lear presented those options to the board last night in prefer- preferential order of the committee. I've, I've given them to Rich Larson already, so you can have them for your website yet today. And so there was quite a bit of discussion last night about the mascot and things that the board initially liked about it and things that they would like to potentially see some tweaks uh, with. So the discussion will continue. Uh, what we're going to do is the plan right now is that there, we're going to go back. There may be a few minor tweaks. Uh, there's, there's, the board really expressed some interest in, in, in one of the, of the options. They'll continue to discuss it at the next meeting, uh, any final questions or suggestions, and then they would then vote at the second meeting in May uh, to determine what the refreshed mascot would be. And I want to be really clear, too, that you know it's very common for organizations to refresh their mascots or their logos, right? You and I are both diehard Minnesota Twins fans, and we know how many different uh, shades of the uh, Minnie and Paul we've had over the years and T.C. Bear and all the things that have worked out. And we know Goldie Gopher himself has had a number of different iterations over the years. So it's very common uh, for organizations to refresh their mascot. And it's time to refresh the Raider mascot for the 2020s. All right. And by the end of May, we'll have a new one. Is that the... That is the current plan. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get into the budget because that's, uh, of course, the big thing that was uh, talked about. La- one of the big things. Actually, we've talked about quite a few big things, but nevertheless, the budget... We don't have boring Mo- meetings. Uh, moving forward, you have to put the uh, new budget in by the uh, new uh, fiscal year, which is coming up this summer, in the middle of the uh, summer. Uh, what does the, uh, the first... Uh, 
What does the budget look like that you presented last night? So I think that most people know we talk about stewardship being a core value mm-hmm. that our school district holds. And I think that when you look at the way that we present our general fund budgets, that stewardship is something uh, that is coming through loud and clear in a pandemic. You're noticing lots of school districts around us having to make pretty significant budget cuts. And we have a, an early warning system uh, by making sure that we, our goal is to have 16% of our annual expenditures in reserve. That's a very high goal for a district our size. And it's intended to be an early warning system and to be able to have the funds to navigate unforeseen circumstances like a year-long pandemic. So we are not proposing budget reductions for the coming year. We know we're going to have to do some budget prioritization for 2022, 22-23 and beyond. But I think everybody's obviously going to do that. And we're going to be doing that in conjunction with a strategic planning process. But for next year, we are proposing a deficit budget. Now, in the budget that we're proposing uh, right now, both the expenditures and the revenues include uh, some of the federal money that we, the federal money that we know that we have. There is another set of federal dollars uh, that we are scheduled to get. It looks like we're going to get around $2.4 million. Because we don't have the confirmation of that yet, that's not included in the budget. Uh, but we are in, we are looking at a budget that um, includes revenues of about fifty-seven million dollars. That's uh, a little bit less than the previous year of fifty-eight million, fifty-eight point one million. And we're proposing expenditures of fifty-nine point eight million, which again is slightly less than last year's projected of sixty point, just sixty million dollars. So we are proposing a deficit budget. Again, we are projecting to end the next school year with uh, about 14.4% of our expenditures in reserve. So for many districts, that is a a very healthy fund balance. Our goal is 16%, again, to make sure that we can navigate unforeseen circumstances. And that's why we're in the good financial position that we're in. We are able to weather this storm. We do have to do some structural work to make our budget sustainable for the future. A couple key things we are projecting continued declining enrollment. So you know we lost some students this year even compared to what we had projected for declining enrollment because we know some people chose to homeschool. In fact, we had about 65 students less than what we had projected. We know about half of those students were kids who were scheduled for kindergarten, but we think mom and dad just said, you know what, we'll wait for a year and and get you into kindergarten next year. So we expect those students to be back. Uh, but we're still experiencing declining enrollment. There's a variety of different reasons for that that we can get into uh, on another show, but it is in line with the demographic study that we commissioned about seven or eight years ago. The other part is that we are also projecting only a half percent increase to the basic formula. So the legislature gives us the most significant amount of our budget. Usually about 70% of our revenue comes from the legislature and a significant portion comes from what's called the basic formula. We've talked about this a number of times. That formula has not kept up with inflation over the last 30 years. And this year, we had originally projected that we'd have a 0% increase to that basic formula. Right now, we're thinking conservatively that we might be able to get a half percent. But as you know, we are working on a budget while the legislature is still finishing their work. It's just it's just the way that uh, the, the financial system in Minnesota works for schools. And so we know that the House has a 2% increase in its budget proposal, and the Senate has zero. So the conference committees have been uh, identified, and they're going to start to work that out. And so we just we are hoping that the legislature sets a target high enough for the education conference committee that allows us to get two percent, and even two percent brings us just about five hundred and forty thousand new dollars. And so 
when we think about how the costs of everything go up and we still can't get an inflationary increase. And so I do think there's some talk at the legislature about the infusion of federal funds, right, and how that might be able to help be helpful to schools so maybe the state doesn't have to do as much as they normally do. I would argue that the federal funds are about stability and recovery in unprecedented economic times. And the increase to the basic formula is about continuing to try to have a, a positive future trajectory for Minnesota schools. So that's essentially the core of the budget. We are projecting some increased expenses, but we are fairly conservative on our revenue uh, to make sure that, in our, and our enrollment, uh, we want to make sure that we are in the right spot with that so that we can, um, we can make sure that we are ahead of the game and not having to make up ground if we missed in the other direction. Once again, Superintendent Hillman with us from the Northfield School District. I wanted to ask you also about a uh, new uh, diploma, a proposed yes. new diploma uh, here in Northfield. Tell us about that. Yeah, so there are students um, graduate when they are ready to graduate. Now, the vast majority of students in Northfield graduate in four years, but we have students from time to time who have a personal issue or a health issue that, that requires them to go beyond the traditional age of 18 to get their high school diploma. Minnesota law allows us to serve students in the K-12 environment up till their age 21. Now, almost always, you know, those kids who are beyond the traditional high school age get their, uh, they do their work through the Area Learning Center, uh, which is just over here behind us, right up on uh, Orchard Street. And so, but once you turn 21, you're no longer eligible for those services. And you typically go to the GED route. Now, the issue is if I'm pretty close to my high school diploma, like I'm within maybe four credits, it's not that you're starting over with a GED, but the GED is a very different approach. So there's an option that we are exploring to partner with Lakeville and Farmington through our collaborative of school districts that do adult basic education together to where we can uh, get some uh, certification from the state to offer this what's called a 21 and over diploma. So this is really for people who maybe are very close to graduating ABE or adult basic education, they still take the student over, they st but they would facilitate the finishing of their high school diploma as opposed to them starting the GED process. So it's something that we're excited about offering uh, for people. We want to make sure we give people as many options as they can uh, to complete their uh, degree. And this is just another way we can support people who maybe have had a difficult time but are ready to, ready to uh, lean in and get the work done. Matt, we're out of time. We are, as always. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, have a great uh, week, couple of weeks, and we'll see you in two weeks. You bet. All right. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. You're listening to 95.1 FM and AM 1080. We're streaming online, kymnradio.net.